crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome back to the show. Today we have a different kind of episode in so much as this was actually a webinar that I did for Zywave. So Zywave puts on webinars for I think the general public, maybe just Zywave clients, but either way we had about 200 people on the webinar which was very cool. It was uh, lots of great questions as you'll hear uh, during the webinar, but I thought the topic was super relevant and it breaks down a lot of the things that I am doing right now to grow Rogue Risk. Now, not all of the processes that I described are completely baked out and completely running uh, in fifth gear, but I will tell you that these are the directions that I am taking Rogue. They're the channels that I'm working to drive business into Rogue Risk. And it was just a lot of fun to share them with the audience. And then uh, they, obviously they were asking questions and, and I was answering them on the webinar. And it's just highly informational and Zywave was nice enough to allow me to take the audio from it and push it out to you guys and I think you're gonna get a lot from it so um, I want to give a shout out to Zywave I want to give a shout out to um, April Larson from their team who kind of put this together for me and uh, just say thank you to them and hopefully you guys enjoy what was a very very tactical um, very fast-paced webinar that I think you're going to get a lot out of. So uh, I'd get a pen and pencil ready, or uh, you may have to listen to this one a couple times, which is okay, because that drives my podcast numbers up, uh, so then I can take those podcast numbers and shove them in Bradley Flowers, Scott Howell, and Jason Cass's face um, as we all compete for who has the top podcast, though. I think I'm losing handily to the two of them. But uh, either way, you're going to enjoy this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. Speaking today, we have Ryan Hanley, the founder of Rogue Risk and host of the Ryan Hanley Show podcast series. And with that, I will hand it over to Ryan. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here with everybody. And we're going to run through um, a bunch of different methodologies that I use both in my agency as well as uh, some of the agents that I network with from around the country. So we'll be talking about some some things both that I'm doing, but also some case studies and ideas from other agencies. So it's it's not just my agency, um, agencies of all different sizes, uh, some new to commercial, some that have been um, prospecting commercial lines pretty much everything from middle market down to, you know, the 500 BOP range. And you can pick uh, any of these um, topics. It looks like someone is saying that they can't hear anything. Can, can everyone put into the chat whether you can hear or not? Because um, someone just posted that they couldn't hear, and I want to make sure that, that everyone can. Okay. So we got a I can hear fine. Okay, good. So thank you, David. Thank you, Ryan. Um, so whoever cannot hear, that's a technical difficulty. So, okay, so getting back on track. Guys, so here, here's basically the deal. The things that we're going to be talking about now, Ken, glad you're, you're back in business, my man. So uh, the things we're going to be talking about pretty much work from middle market down to the $500 bops that are going to come in. You, you know, so don't, it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to say, well, this only works in small commercial or this only works in middle market. These are tactics and techniques and kind of methodologies that span that range. If you're going beyond that to kind of enterprise level stuff, 
um, that, that's not a world that I play in or really my network. So we're thinking middle market and middle market from my perspective, just to kind of give you some ideas, say is 150 to 300-ish thousand in premium. So, so that would be middle market and then anything below that would be more of the small market stuff. Um, so let's get into, let's get into these, um, these tactics. And hopefully I can figure out how to, there we go. All right, so this is what we're gonna talk about. So first we're gonna just briefly talk about my background, give you a little feel for who I am. Um, if you've listened to the podcast, then that part will probably be boring for you. If you don't listen to my podcast, then uh, hopefully this will just give you some context and where I'm coming from and why I've chosen these particular items is what I feel um, can drastically increase the both volume uh, of prospects, the quality of prospects that we're bringing into our agencies and ultimately deliver more closed business on a consistent basis. Because that's really the key. I mean, uh, my agency, Rural Brisk, is, uh, was born on March 9th of 2020. So my actual agency ownership is relatively young, though I've been in the business for about 15 years. And uh, what I've learned over those 15 years, um, not just in the last seven months, but over those 15 years, is that the key to our business is consistency. It's those those drastic upswings and downswings that start to cause problems. We, you know, gaps form in our business. We develop bad habits. Um, we make poor decisions because, you know, maybe we get overwhelmed with a, with an, a huge upswing of business because we be, we're focused on prospecting for a little while. We get overwhelmed. We stop prospecting. Then we get that valley. Maybe we make some bad decisions in that valley. We spend some money in places that don't act, that do not actually produce results. And, you know, and then we, this cycle just perpetuates. So what, what I am trying to do with Rogue and what I've seen work both over my previous producer career and with the tens of thousands of agencies that I've spent time with now, um, is consistency is the key. Can you find out of this list the one or two items that you are going to be consistent with? And that's all I'm going to ask is that between cold calls, cold emails, postcards, LinkedIn, automations, video content, and, and thank you letters and, and gifting, we could say thank yous and gifting, um, if you can pick one or two of those items and focus in on them over the next six months, I promise you, you will start to see consistent results. I absolutely promise you that you will. So don't think, oh, I can, there's, I can never do all these things. I don't expect you to. I don't do all these things. Um, I, I do most of them, though, you know, I've kind of built my business around this, and I'm also in the prospecting phase of my business, right? There's not a whole lot of service requests in your first year, so, so I have a little more time. But, um, you know, if you if you aren't doing any of these and you can just pick one or two and really dial in on them, really focus in on them, um, you're going to see, uh, you're going to start to see real results. And then what happens from that is, in, and, and uh, is then you can start to add in the other ones where it makes sense. And, and we'll talk about how they all fit together and, and what a uh, kind of a unified strategy or combined strategy might look like. Um, but, but these are the items, cold calls, cold emails, postcards, LinkedIn, automation, video content, and, and thank yous and gifting. And then we're going to close by talking about video proposals because I think it's an important topic for us to discuss today, um, not just in a COVID world, but in a post-COVID world, 
Um, I think video proposals are a tremendous tool for a bunch of different reasons. Even if you prefer face-to-face, -face, even if that's still where your customers uh, want to close the deal, uh, I think video proposals can play an important role. And if you are uh, um, have personal lines as a portion of your business, as a, as a significant portion of your business or a portion of your business that you want to grow, I think video proposals are almost an, a, a, an absolute must. They're, they're part of the personal lines uh, process today. I, I, that's my, I know there's a lot of agencies that still don't use them, but I do think the agencies that are growing the fastest, that are building fences around their clients uh, in personal lines are using video proposals. So we are going to talk uh, commercial the rest of the way out. Uh, and to that effect, I'll tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do. Um, those weird white lines, I guess, are L's uh, that didn't translate very well uh, when I turned this into a PDF. But, uh, and also, so you guys know, I'll be sending the folks at Zywave this uh, PDF, that, and I, I don't care if you, if they send it to you and, and you can have it. So um, don't feel like you need to chicken scratch this down real fast. Uh, this is happy to share this and anyone can have it, it's fine. So uh, this kind of outline is just the about page for Rogue Risk. My career started 15 years ago. Um, I, um, uh, found a young lady who I cared about very much and wanted to marry, and in asking for ha her hand in marriage, the uh, the price that I had to pay in exchange was um, my father-in-law kind of sat me down in high leatherback chairs um, during a Christmas Eve party of all things, so um, kind of this, even though they're not Italian, like mafioso-style scene. And uh, kind of made me, you know, said, hey, you know, if you're going to be part of this family, we really want you to come uh, and sell insurance for our agency, which was called the Gilderland Agency at the time. And uh, and as much as uh, I said yes for no other reason other than I wanted to marry, who, she's still my wife today, uh, you know, all these years later, um, even though uh, I uh, wanted, I said yes because I wanted to marry her, um, you know, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, what ended up being the case was I was absolutely blessed. Uh, my father-in-law is a tremendous agency owner, tremendous salesman. Um, and even though our styles are different um, at a macro level, at a micro level, his focus on value and consistency and quality and caring uh, for clients and always doing the right thing, regardless of, you know, what that might mean um, on a, on a short-term basis, uh, set the bedrock for my own career. I did that for eight years. At the end of those eight years, unfortunately, for a bunch of different reasons, um, that single location, family-owned business, me being the son-in-law, there was never really going to be a place beyond being a producer, um, which which was fine, um, which was fine. I, I was offered the opportunity to become the chief marketing officer of TrustedChoice.com. Uh, I went on to build the Agency Nation platform, um, put on uh, Elevate 2017, 2018, built a tremendous community there, lots of great relationships. Um, went on from there to become the chief marketing officer of Bold Penguin, um, which is an insure tech company that does a lot of different things. And uh, at that point, unfortunately, uh, my brother-in-law, who had been uh, a big part of the, of the family agency, he um, came down with a form of terminal cancer, which forced me to move home. I, I was traveling a lot. Um, Bold Penguin is based in Columbus. I live in Albany, New York. And um, so I left the insurance industry in 2017. 
and joined 2018, something like that. Joined, um, I joined, uh, I, I left there to move home because uh, I had to be home for the family, which was fine, um, which was fine. That's what you do. But I became the CEO. I, I took the next best thing that I could find. And in the Albany area, there's not a tremendous amount of insurance opportunity. Um, and uh, I took the next best thing I could find, which was become the CEO of a fitness franchise of all things. Um, so I ran a um, 15-person team, $3 million business. We had six locations. Uh, we grew the membership from 2,000 members to 3,000 members, which was absolutely awesome. It was a great experience, um, even though I did miss insurance quite a bit, which is an odd thing to say. And, um, um, and unfortunately, at that point, uh, the founder of that business, who had hired me because he didn't like being the business guy, uh, he saw what was going on and uh, all the growth and decided that he wanted to be the business guy again. And uh, when that happened, there really wasn't a place for me. And um, I was fired on the spot at 8.36 a.m. on a Monday in October. Um, actually, October 6th marked the one-year anniversary of that very interesting day in my life. But it was from the walk uh, from being canned to my truck that I decided it was time to start this agency that I've been mapping out for years, and that's where Rogue Risk came from. The, the idea behind Rogue Risk, and I promise I'll finish this up so we can get the tactics, uh, but I do think some of this context helps set the stage for the advice that I'm going to uh, lay out for you. Um, the context or the, 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 the core value of Rogue Risk is marrying the – the traditional, um, deep relational and caring aspects of the agency life that I learned from my father-in-law with the digital tools and technology and experience that I learned was possible and helped implement in agencies through Trusted Choice and my experience at Bold Penguin and, and really even the digital experience that we were delivering um, for the fitness franchise. So. Um, I, I, I call it a human-optimized agency. I, I am, I'm efforting. We're nowhere near there. We're seven months in, and I, and I self-fund Rogue. It's not like I got some somebody handing me millions of bucks. Um, so so we're, it's an effort. Every day we're getting better. So I don't want you to think that any of the things that we're going to talk about today I have fully figured out and implemented um, and that uh, it's perfect. That, that's not the case. So, you know, there, there is an aspirational aspect to all of this, and, and I'll be completely transparent in the places that we're doing well and it's working and the places where we personally are failing, but I'm seeing success in other agencies. So, so, so the context here, or the, the concept is this human-optimized agency, that there are aspects of our business which do not drive value for our, um, to our customers, right? They're transactional things. They're the bar. They're expected. Car changes. A car change is an expected service. If you mess a car change up, you did something wrong. If you get a car change right and everything happens, they do not care. That is, it's, it's, it is a reality of our business. And for that reason, when our people, the, the, the humans in our office are spending their time on car changes, at least our most valuable people, the, 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 the hourly, and I don't, I don't want to say value like, that probably sounds bad, but the people who, who we are paying the most to, the, the people who have the highest hourly wage, they should not be spending time on low-value transactional uh, areas of the business. So what we're trying to do at Rogue every day um, and uh, what, what I advocate for is 
is automating the aspects of our business that, that our customers don't see as valuable so that the humans can spend time on the things in which our customers do see valuable. I'm not talking about removing humans altogether. That's bananas. The humans are the most important part of our business. All I'm saying is we have allowed ourselves to be dragged down by simple transactional items that should not be handled by, by, by our in-office staff. There are VAs. There are, there are literally systems that can do these things for us. Um, and, 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 and these are some of the things that we're going to talk about today uh, or, or some of the things that I'm trying to do in my agency. Today we're talking specifically about prospecting. But um, that's the idea, human-optimized agency, allowing our humans to deliver the most value possible. If, they're, if, if one of my customer service people is not doing a car change, that frees them up to have five more minutes on the phone with that person when they call to ask about their family, to, to find other lines of business that we could potentially write to maybe uh, get a referral out of them or ask for a rating and review or, or just develop more rapport and build higher fences around those clients. But if they're shuttling them off the phone as quickly as they possibly can go because they know that a stack of tasks in the agency management system they have to get to, then they're not, you're, you're not optimizing their value. So that's the core concept behind Rogue. I'm not going to say we're there yet, but we are on the way. I have a VA and I have a personal lines producer um, today, and we are optimizing a lot of those processes um, as best we can. Um, so with that, uh, again, guys, if you have any questions about, about any of this stuff, even if it's not prospecting and closing related, put them in the chat. We're going to get them at the end. I promise I'll answer all your questions. Um, but that's what I'm trying to do and who I am. And uh, I guess the other piece of it is the podcast. I do the podcast um, because I think it's important that we have these conversations and um, I bring people in and uh, we talk about what they're doing to figure this stuff out because um, I am rarely, <laughs> probably more like never, the smartest person in the room. I just listen and I learn and I take it in. And, um, and if I can share with others, this is all that. That's fine. So, okay. With all that, let's get on to, to some tactics, some strategies, some tools that we can use to prospect and close more commercial lines business. All right. So uh, why commercial lines? I think it's pretty obvious. Commercial lines, it's confusing, it's time-consuming, it's costly, right? We, you know, we want to solve that problem. That, that's, that's our tagline at Rogue. Insurance is confusing, time-consuming, and costly. We solve this problem. Probably should be, I'll go back and forth whether that should be we solve these problems or we solve this problem. I'm kind of batching all those things into one problem. Let me know in the chat whether you think it should be these problems or this problem. Um, that would be interesting to find out. But I... On my website, it's this problem. I think ultimately in commercial lines, this is the undiscovered country. This is where the opportunity lies, is that your prospects that are sitting out there, and most likely some of your customers too, um, they either believe that their insurance is confusing and they don't understand it, they believe it takes way too much time, or they think it costs too much. And I think we spend a lot of time on the cost part, not enough on the time-consuming or con confusing part, but ultimately if those three levers make up where your where the opportunity lies in commercial lines. In personal lines, I think there is an I think it, it's there's an equal set here, but personal lines is being deluged by direct writers, by highly automated independent agents, by some of our direct by some of our carrier partners who are offering direct services. Um, there is a lot of competition there. 
in commercial, there is still uh, uh, blue ocean. And for that reason, being able to solve these problems in the commercial line space between all the way from small market to middle market, there's blue ocean opportunities out there. And uh, that's, that's why I, specifically, I think dialing in on commercial lines for this presentation was important to me. So uh, prospecting and lead lists. So it's very important to understand who are we prospecting? Like, who are we going after? Why did you choose the individuals? Are you just like driving down the road, looking at signs and, and, and writing them down? I mean, uh, I, I, know, I know plenty of agencies that do that. Um, when I started back in 2006 or whatever it was, 2005, um, I was doing the same thing. I was literally driving to strip plazas with a pocket full of business cards and just walking in and dropping business cards on desks and asking who the owner was. Um, that's one way to build a lead list. I, I don't think it's the most optimized way today, but it's certainly one way. Um, there are so many tools to find not just a list of customers, but a list of um, a list of, of qualified customers of the customers that you actually want. And the way to get there is um, just what you see in front of you. So first. Uh, Zywave, just to plug them in their tool, MyEdge is a great resource. Um, obviously, the information is specific to the state. All the states give in, at different information at different times. But I'll tell you that uh, MyEdge is a tremendous tool for New York and the Northeast and the states that I prospect in, which are basically Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and, and all points north and east, with my primary state being New York. Um, MyEdge has been a great tool. It helps me specifically uh, find opportunities in property because they have a lot of property. Um, a lot of the property information is on there that you're not going to get in other databases as well as uh, who the owners are. Um, sometimes it's very obvious who the owners are if you go to their website or whatever. And other times, depending on the size of the business and how the owner has set it up and if it's a corporation or not, um, sometimes it's tough to figure out exactly who the decision maker is in that business. And I have found my edge to be a very good resource for that. Um, I also use uh, because uh, uh, New York State is tough with X dates. I use insurance X dates to get the workers' comp X date for customers. So insurance X dates for my in, insurance X dates also doesn't have X dates for every state. So again, you have to kind of like um, my buddy Adam Sheridan. Insurance X dates doesn't work for him in Kentucky. It, it doesn't have the information he needs. So he actually uses LexisNexis. But um, you, you have to kind of. I would look at all these tools and figure out the ones that have the cross-cut of information for your state, for your line of business that work, and, and dial it in. There, there is a little bit of, um, uh, yeah, so very good question. Are my edge and X states redundant? Completely depends on um, what you're going after and what states you're in. So in some states, 100% redundant. In other states, they're not redundant. It, it, it just depends. Like in New York, my edge doesn't have X states yet. When it does, then then insurance X dates will become redundant because I, I, my edge has more of the other data. Um, so it all just depends. It all just depends on where you are. But I would certainly, I would literally go through this list in this order to get to your lead list. So Reference USA, which is free if you have a library card, is a great place to get lists. Again, it's not going to have X dates. The information sometimes can be outdated, but it's a great place to verify. It, and it does have some additional stuff. Uh, trade Association websites, again, now you're, you know, even reducing the amount of information you're getting. But if you go to the, you know, a lot of trade associations will list out their members. That's another place to get a good lead list. And then you can always just use the almighty Google. Um, 
as well. So uh, if you have VAs, this is a great task to stick them on. So what I have my VA do is pull workers' comp X dates for the classes that I like to prospect, put them into a Google Doc, then go into my edge, pull all the information that insurance X dates doesn't have, and then we actually use a tool called hunter.io to find email addresses if there's no if there's not a good email in insurance x dates or my edge so that's hunter.io it's a chrome extension it's also a website and uh, basically you put a url in and it pulls all the emails associated with that url that it can find on the interweb it's it's actually a really it's a super valuable tool and and the free version i i've never had to pay i've never done enough searches that i've had to pay um but you you know, you can buy as many searches as you need. I think you get 50 or 100 a month. So um, those are some really good ways to build uh, lead lists. If you have any more questions about that, again, just pop them in the Q&A. I got the Q&A up here, so I'm kind of watching as the questions come in, and we'll, we'll try to answer them in real time unless I feel like it's not particularly relevant. Um, so, okay. So let's get on to some of these things. Cold calling. Everybody hates cold calling. I hate cold calling. I have to be honest with you. Um, I got, I got a, a, a buddy who helps me. He's kind of a coach and a mentor. Um, his name's Nick Hunt. He owns a company called Premier Strategy Box. They do producer training and, and sales training. He was actually on the podcast recently if you want to learn about him. And he'll text me every day, how many cold calls did you make today? And if my answer is zero, he will then um, question my manhood for the next 10 or 15 minutes until I start making cold calls. And the reason that I appreciate that he does that is because I'm not one of those guys uh, or people, I guess, who just loves the cold call or can just take down that wall. Like I, it bothers, like it really, it just bugs me. I don't like making cold calls, but at the same time, logically, I know how important they are to our success. They absolutely positively work, especially in a COVID. And I think in a post COVID world, picking up the phone and introducing yourself, not being uh, uh, a nudge, not being, you know, you have to be, uh, you have to come in confidently, you have to have a plan of attack, um, but if you have those, um, you can start off some good relationships. And again, one of the things, so, so here, here's kind of my best practices, you know, create a script, short, short script, super, super short, um, a block time to do it, uh, hunt, uh, so John Hunter, Hunter, like H-U-N, T-E-R dot I-O, the letters I-O is the website. Um, so create a script, block the time on your calendar because otherwise you will absolutely positively let that time get eaten up. Um, make the calls, right? Actually, when the time hits your calendar and it's time to cold call, as much as you don't want to, make the calls. Now, some of you are sitting there, some, some of you are sitting there going, well, I just make the calls, it's all good. God bless you. Absolutely, positively, God bless you for being able to make those calls. I struggle with it every single day. I'm getting better, um, but I still struggle with it. I find that tracking works. I use a kind of bullet journal-esque style of tracking um, where I track, I actually track five prospecting activities every single day. I don't, I'm holding up my hand for five. I don't know if you can see me or not, but um, those are cold calls cold emails, postcards sent, thank you letters sent, and LinkedIn uh, DMs sent. Those are my five prospecting activities. 
I don't do all of them every day, but I track them on a day-to-day -day basis, and then I actually have a spreadsheet that I put them in to track over time my prospecting activity. And then ultimately, I want to track that prospecting activity against my sales activity to see, to try to come up with some correlations. I mean, obviously, there's a fairly simple assumption that if you prospect more, you're going to write more business, which is great. But if I can attach um, a type of prospecting to an outcome, that will help me. And then ultimately, what I want to get to is I teach someone else how to do all this, and then I can run my agency, and someone else has to make the cold calls because I don't want to have to make the cold calls forever. I hate making the cold calls. So, um, uh, so track results. And the last thing, and this is like, so I learned this from a guy by the name of Josh Braun, J-O-S-H-B-R-A-U-N. Go to joshbraun.com. He's a sales uh, trainer guy. He has nothing to do with insurance. Um, I found him on LinkedIn. He's a great follow on LinkedIn, J-O-S. H, Josh Braun, B-R-A-U-N, and um, he has a course that I paid like 175 bucks for forever, and it has cold call scripts, cold call examples, cold emails, LinkedIn, tons of stuff around prospecting, but, but it's a very tactful. It's very real world. It's very like a real business person talking to a real business person, not this crazy salesy stuff with all this gimmicky nonsense that some of these people say to like grab someone's attention that like I wouldn't want to do business with someone who says some wacky thing on the phone just to get my attention like I don't know that this is not who I am so I really like him I've used to put his a lot of a lot of his stuff into practice and I know a couple people are asking about um the script I'll share with you I'll just read you my script I'm happy to send you this Google Doc. It's literally like two sentences long, just, just the opener. But I got all of my material for this, for the most part. Um, Nick has helped me a little bit, um, helped me refine some of it to insurance. But the, the high-level ideas and the stuff that I talk about, even with my personal lines producer, and, and, I, and that I will probably use to train the first commercial lines producer that I bring into this place, is from Josh Braun. I just think his stuff is the best and it's so practical. And for like, like I said, it's like 175 bucks for the year um, to, to, to have access to all this material. And it's so much material, uh, I, I think it's a no brainer. So that, that would be my thing. So my script uh, goes something like this. Person picks up the phone. Let's see who, who's over here asking questions. Kevin Duffy, okay, Kevin. So I would say, hi, Kevin, you and I haven't spoken before. Can I have 45 seconds to tell you why I called? Kevin says, no, no problem, man. I'll try it another time. That's it. You're not trying to harass the person. This isn't wedge your foot in the door kind of stuff. You, you're trying to do business with this person for a long time. Like, really, the cold call, you're just trying to use the cold call as a way to, you're just trying to use the cold call as a way to start a conversation. That's it. I'm not trying to close a deal on this call. I'm literally just trying to get to the next call. That's it. That's the whole goal of this. That's why it's so short. I'm literally just trying to get to the next call. I'm not trying to close the business. I'm not trying to get policy docs. This is call one of, who knows, maybe 15 calls to, to get this guy as a client or person as a client. Okay, but in this case, this guy is Kevin. All right, hi, Kevin. You and I haven't spoken before. Can I have 45 seconds to tell you why I called? You can also say, hi, Kevin. This is a cold call. I hope you're okay with that. It's only gonna take 45 seconds. Can I explain why I called? You know, the, the idea is, let them know that you're not trying to fool them into thinking that you're calling for any other reason than to introduce yourself. Like that's the, you know, break down those barriers. Okay. So the pitch, 
let's assume they say, yes, I have the 45 seconds or whatever. Uh, thank you. The reason for my call is that my business, Rogue Risk, is showing business owners and decision makers a lesser known approach to their workers' compensation insurance that reduces injuries, saves time, and puts cash back into your bottom line. Would you be opposed to learning more sometime in the next week about this program? That's it. If they say no, they wouldn't be opposed, right? Then boom, I just say, great. How does Monday at 2 p.m. sound? Awesome, right? And, and, and actually now, um, uh, I guess some people still are super freaked out by COVID for, for good reason, that's not a political statement. Um, I am not freaked out by COVID, so I do try to say, if you're comfortable, I would love to come in and and sit with you. And if they say, hey, no, we're I'm 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 a I'm I'm freaked out by COVID, no problem at all. We can do it by Zoom or phone call, whatever, no big deal. So um, that's that's it. That's the whole call. That's the whole deal. That's that's it. And and if they say if they want some more information, well, hey, can I get some more information? Well, then I have more information. You know, then it's you know we're. I have a whole thing. I call it Rogue Risk 365, and um, that's a whole other thing. We're spending a lot of time on cold calling, but uh, uh, this works. This absolutely works. If I could have an army of, 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 of killers, men and women who just want to make calls, and, you know, cold calling, good prospecting list, and then, and then a solid service team behind them, you make them freaking rich. I mean, how many of you guys have, have, have gotten there this way? I mean, this is, this is the deal. It's just cold calling is the worst. It's just the worst. It's just the way it is. So, and if you can remove yourself from the outcome, that's been the biggest change for me. And this is the last thing I'll say, maybe from all this stuff, from everything else we're going to talk about, this is one of the most important parts of prospecting for me when I was prospecting carriers to sell them um, sub, uh, subscriptions or advertising to Trusted Choice, when I was prospecting back in my old agency, when I was prospecting uh, for um, – new vendor clients or, or putting together uh, pitches for, for group plans for the fitness place or, or, or pitching carriers to become part of Bold Penguin or pitching new uh, workers' comp client. Workers' comp is one of the focuses here. That It's one of my specialties. Or workers' comp client for rogue risk. Detach yourself from the outcome. So much easier said than done. I had major cold call hesitation today, and I only did five calls this morning, which means I have 15 more to do after this webinar because I couldn't detach myself from the outcome. I got five, like, kind of not good calls in a row, just people weren't interested, and it's really hard not to be like, man, I'm a loser. Um, but if you can detach yourself from that and be like, ah, this is people weren't a good fit today. Let's, let's do the next 15. And in the days when I can get my mind to that place, that's when I crush, and in days like today, I don't crush, and that's okay. I try not to hold myself accountable. So, so take that under consideration for all the things that we're going to talk about moving forward. All right, so we feel good about cold calling. Hopefully we do. Josh Braun, he's the dude um, that I look to, and um, I think he, I think it's money well spent in his program. Okay, and I don't obviously don't have any financial interest in that. Just, just kind of full disclosure. So, all right, let's keep let's keep cruising here. Um, let me get back in here. Cold email, similar thought process, similar thought process to cold calls. You're going to get an even, you're going to get a lower hit rate, but it's a really good way to warm people up. Or if you make a call and say you leave someone a voicemail and then you get a cold email behind it, automations work great for this. I use Better Agency as my automation tool. Um, I like it. It's, it's, it's not perfect for commercial yet, but it's getting there. Um, I do think it's the best CRM that exists for personal lines. So if you have a personal lines book of business, there's literally nothing better. 
um, for commercial lines, it's they're still it's still you know they're still working on commercial lines. But any CRM automation tool will work. This is tool agnostic; it doesn't matter. The key to cold email is do your research. These are maybe a little out of order. Do your research. Don't just blast five thousand people. That's a that's a silly strategy. That is uh, <laughs> it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. I promise you, I've done it. I wanted it to work. I've said, no, if I just write the perfect email, then a thousand of these 5,000 people are going to contact me and all my wildest dreams will come true. <laughs> and that just doesn't happen. So the best way to do this is do your research, know a little bit about the person so you can tailor the cold email just a little bit. Now you can do this with merge tags, which means like you can have an automated email and then have like two or three different fields that you can fill in about the client so that or the prospect so that the email does feel very personalized, but do that work. Make it slightly more personalized than just their first name and their business because then it looks like you did the research. You're trying to differentiate yourself. Um, so short messages, short messages. This isn't an essay contest. It could be the perfect cold email is the one that the person responds to. So you got to test, but I'm telling you shorter, better, shorter, better. Um, be targeted, just like everything else to your research. Add value. The first cold email could be a PDF that you put together. I'll tell you a great strategy. Go If you're not subscribed to Broker Briefcase, subscribe to Broker Briefcase. Pull together a list of their resources. They even have some PDFs and stuff. Brand them to yourself. Make them your own. And then give that away as a free touch point in, you know what I mean, to, to get the person's interest. Say, hey, I have this resource. It's three pages on, on how to... I don't know, uh, better uh, add a safety functionality to your commercial auto program to decrease the number of accidents you have. That's absolutely a horrible example, but something to that effect. It could be EPLI. It could be whatever. A cyber is a good one. Give them something for free. Here, here's some value. Here's how you do it yourself. Boom. They're going to – the simple fact that you're giving it away is going to differentiate you in people's minds. And then the next phase is going to be just – you know, then, then you can see, you know, most CRMs are going to let you know who clicked on it, who downloaded it, whatever. And then you can do another reach out to those people. Hey, I saw you downloaded our cyber email, our cyber thing. What questions did you have? Why did you do it? What, what's, what's going on that you would download our cyber PDF? And, um, and that's a great way. Now, again, that's how you start to batch these things together, cold email. Now, you, maybe you, you don't do a follow-up email. You do a follow-up call. So you have your sales team watching, and you send out these targeted emails, drip, 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 and um, and then when someone clicks on one of the links and downloads the PDF, the next day or an hour later, hour later is a little creepy. Maybe the next day is a good one. You'll have to test that too. But then you just have someone from your team reach out and say, hey, I saw you, you know, you opened our email, you downloaded that cyber PDF. What made you do that? Like what's going on? Did you have an incident? Is there? Is, do you have an employee that's doing something weird? Do you have? Did you start adding a new data set to your company that that makes you a little nervous, or just you read an article? Like, how can we help? So that's a great way. Uh, Zywave, if you um, Zywave has the ability to do some cold emailing. Um, another email, if you if you if you want a tool that's specifically designed for cold email, Mailshake, M A I L Shake, like. Uh, like shaking something. Um, Mailshake is a great 
cold email to a specific, it's what it's specifically designed to do. And the good thing about MailShake that I like is it, um, uh, it, it protects your domain. It really, it makes sure that you don't get put on a spam list or it works. The system is specifically designed to make sure you don't get put on a spam list when you're cold emailing. So, uh, MailShake is, is a great tool for that. Okay. Cold email. Awesome. Postcards. Hard mail works. I use a tool called thanks.io. I build postcards in Canva. I upload those designs to thanks.io. And then I have a Zapier Zap. Um, if you don't know what Zapier is, I, it basically connects different tools. I'm not going to go deeper than that on this thing. Uh, you can ask the question if you're particularly interested or it doesn't make any sense to you. But the idea is when I add a prospect in Better Agency, I will add a tag uh, like month one of my workers' comp prospecting uh, campaign, and that tag sends a message to Zapier or to thanks.io that says, send postcard one to this client. And boom, a postcard goes out. I, I It warms the calls up. So then you know, a couple of days later, I get a task in my task list that says, call this account. Now, the postcard's already gone out. I've given it enough time to be delivered. Now, I can call and say, hey, I sent you a postcard about your premium audit. I know you just renewed, but most of the time, agents do not follow up on premium audits. They're not going and getting the auditor's worksheet and matching it to the audit bill, making sure that there's no discrepancies or errors. Um, even though you're not currently my client, I'd be happy to do it for you. It's what I do. Boom. I <laughs> yes, April. Although the word dongle has oddly sexual connotations, which make me feel uncomfortable, I do think that that is a great way to describe it. Um, all right. So hard mail works. Again, uh, there is an expense to it. A, a way, if you're looking to kind of blanket the market, um, thanks.io does have a cost, obviously. Um, it, oh, if you want to go the most cost-efficient way to blanket the market with a message, every door direct mail through the U.S. Postal Service is the best way to do it. You basically target specific routes, and um, and then you can say, I want just the residential or just the business addresses on this route, and, and that's a way to go about it. So um, there's more to, to direct mail, but postcards and mail, letters absolutely work. If you want to be super gangster, handwritten letters, that takes time. Um, but there's all kinds of different ways, but mail works. Again, it's you never know which touch point is going to turn on the customer. You just don't. So if you're only doing something one way, you know, this isn't, you know, Bruce Lee said, you know, I'm not scared of the ninja that knows how to do every kick. I'm scared of the ninja who does the same kick 5,000 times a day or whatever. That's not true when it comes to prospecting because there are clients, if you cold call me, you have a very low probability of me saying yes to you. If you send me a really good email that catches me at the right time, you got a chance. If you slide into my into my LinkedIn DMs, I'm gonna, you know, no thank you. But then I have other people who are like, yeah, I, I look at DMs and stuff. So it, you're just never gonna know. That's why you got to do, you know, you got to hit people in different ways as best you can. Okay, LinkedIn. Moving on. So LinkedIn, in my mind, is about being top of mind in your in your customers. And I'll give you a really good example of how this happened. So I work, um, I work uh, a lot of, have, have been working on building relationships with mortgage brokers. And uh, 42 minutes in for my first sip of water. I think that's pretty good. So uh, I've been working on building relationships with mortgage brokers, which has been a really solid stream of personal lines, 
or a, a, a growing solid stream of personal lines, which is why I ended up hiring the personal lines producer that I did. And um, I just had a new mortgage broker reach out to me because of the content that I was putting on LinkedIn. And in particular, I put out a post that basically said, loan officers, dot, 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 um, th um, uh, this, this piece of advice will make you look like a rock star in front of your first-time homebuyer clients or something like that. You can go check out my LinkedIn if you want. But basically, it was a quick video talking about, uh, you know, that, that loan officers should tell their home buyers about uh, water backup coverage. I said, you know, it's tens of dollars, not hundreds of dollars. It's a simple little coverage, but it's not a standard coverage on a homeowner's policy. And by you telling them that they should have this, that, you know, you look like, like, a, like a pro's pro. Like, you're giving them some inside baseball that, you know, no one else is going to tell them. And they're buying something cheap, which does have a lot of value. I mean, we all know that that when that happens, if they the coverage is so cheap, and if they if it wasn't on the policy, the client's pissed. You're pissed. You didn't put it on there. So you know it is valuable information. It is a valuable coverage, but it's an easy ask, and it makes them look great. So so he reached out to me, and he's like, you know, dude, I love what you're doing. Blah blah blah. And he sent me his first referral two days later. So I know that's a personal lines example, but but LinkedIn you know, consistency, add value, share content, share your customers and clients, prospects content. Native video is tremendous opportunity on LinkedIn. And by native video, I mean, hold up your cell phone camera, talk into it, and then post it on LinkedIn, right? The, the video that I just told you about was one minute, and, one minute and 16 seconds. I did it from inside my garage while it was raining. And I literally said, hey, it's the rainy season in the Northeast. You know, here's, you know, da, 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 da. And I said basically the stuff I just told you and, um, and, and just uploaded it and just boop, boop, put a little, put a little caption on the text off it went. And then later in the day, I think I reposted it to Facebook, but, um, but that's great. Here's the double secret sneaky trick for LinkedIn that you can use to get some, um, awareness. So everybody knows that the, uh, LinkedIn messages or the DMs or whatever you want to call them are just awful. Right, like you just you go into any of the Facebook groups, insurance Facebook groups, and you just see people bitching about LinkedIn messages all the time. And I get it; a lot of them are terrible. So if you want to stand out in that environment, because it is a good way to get in front of people. Like I do have a lot of positive conversations there too, even though there are a lot of annoying conversations. Um, a way to stand out is to use LinkedIn voicemail drops. So if you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, I'm about to blow your insurance mind. So on LinkedIn mobile, the mobile app, now you need to have a cell phone that has LinkedIn app on it. If you, sorry, most likely you all have that. Um, so you go into LinkedIn and you go to my network or whatever and find one of your connections and click on their name like you're going to send them a message. And what you'll see is, I'm not sure if I can share my camera. April, can I share my camera? Is that possible? So, uh, can, so people can see me. I just want to show them this thing that I should have taken a picture of. Let's see. Try that. Your screen is a little bit bigger, so... Go to give it a shot. So if you can see this, you, you may not be able to because of the because of the contrast or whatever. But where the message, where write a message is, and this is only in mobile. This isn't gonna you're not gonna see this on your um 
on your uh, on your desktop. Next to that is a microphone. Okay, next to that is a microphone. If you press that microphone down and you hold it, you can actually talk a voice message. And um, this is pretty common in Facebook now. Facebook Messenger has this. Um, some of the texting apps have it. But you can hold the microphone down, talk in, and what it does is it leaves this blue line. You have up to a minute. It leaves this blue line, and people can touch it, and then it's a voice message. Well, nobody does this because all the spammers can't do it with the spamming software. So you immediately stand out by having this blue line in the message section. So like today, literally 15 minutes before we came on this show, I, I was hitting up um, loan officers in my area. And I say the same thing to every single one of them. I say, uh, this woman's name is Mary. Uh, Hi, Mary. My name is Ryan. We've never met in person, but we're connected here on LinkedIn. I just want to introduce myself. I'm the founder and um, president of Rogue Risk, which is an independent insurance agency here in the area. And we specialize in real estate, in homes, second homes, vacation homes. We do a lot of two families, multifamilies, even some apartment buildings, rental properties, stuff like that. But the reason I'm reaching out is because we specifically have a program for loan officers. And what this program does is it helps you capture refinances from your current clients. So let's say you write a loan, and then that person six months, a year, 18 months later decides to go to Rocket Mortgage, God forbid. We notify you that that's happening, and then you can jump in and save that load and build fences around your clients. It takes me like 10 minutes to show you this program. It's super easy, but it's super powerful. And uh, if you're interested, just let me know. Either way, I hope you're crushing Q four have a great day boom that's about 57 seconds it takes about 57 seconds to say that i do it over and over and over again and what's the crazy part is three people have actually already responded to me from the messages that i've sent just the last two days so you can do that for for your prospects for for any line of business if it's comp if it's if it's cyber whatever you're going after you just introduce yourself hey we've never met in person but we're connected here. I just want to introduce myself. All you're trying to do is get to the next call, get to the next call, get to the next call. And eventually one of those calls turns into, hey man, take my check. And, uh, and, and, and that's what we're trying to do with all this stuff. I think LinkedIn is an incredible place to do it. Okay, if you have questions about LinkedIn, drop them in the Q&A and we'll hit those up at the end. Um, automation, I'm not gonna spend a ton of time here because this is like an entire, entire episode or whatever of whatever this thing is called webinar that we could do just on automations here's what i'm going to tell you there is plenty of automation software there's all kinds of automation software like i said there's better agency there's agency revolution there's whatever if you want to automate your your um google reviews there's rocket referrals there's you know there, there's all these different tools salesforce hubspot active campaign infusionsoft the tool you choose does not matter. The point of automation is to reduce the need to be typing out things that you can just automate, to hit people with multiple touch points in timeframes that you control. It also allows you as the agency owner, if you're an agency owner or the producer, to control the message. It means not every message is going out differently. You can also make sure things like typos don't exist because every message is standardized and you, you, know, you can make them sound conversational and be standardized at the same time. You can help remove some of these valueless activities like retyping emails. 
you could ultimately get to more people through automation than you could if you were to do kind of hand-to-hand -hand combat. And like I said, there's tons of different tools. Um, just so you guys know, I, I, I have no financial interest in, in better agency. It's just what I use. That's why I talk to it. So um, uh, agency Zoom is another one. So uh, so yeah, I, automation is your friend. It can be nerve. It can be not nerve-wracking. It can be frustrating. It can be time-consuming at first. If you have the resources, pay someone to help you. There are plenty of people that can do that. Um, if you're super into it, spend the time, learn it, design it, match it to your value structure. It doesn't have to be some crazy thing that that is completely different from the way that you. You operate today. You're digitizing the soul of your business. That's what automation is. It's taking who you are as an agency, and it's just digitizing it. Don't think about it any more than that. Um, but it is incredibly important. It is absolutely part of the future. And um, if you're in small commercial, like uh, let's say let's say $2,500 bops and below, and in the, in the corresponding coverages, you have to have automation to be profitable. Like that stuff is just not profitable unless you're using automation. So um, automation, there we go. There's, we could do, go down a whole rabbit hole. Let's see. Um, would love to have more details on the refi LinkedIn strategy market rocket mortgage fence post. That's my favorite comment so far. Um, buy more information. Um, just let me know what that looks like. Happy to help however I can. Video content. So video content is a long play. I'm going to give you some basics on video content, but you should be producing video content. And I know that sounds like very shallow advice. My reason for it being shallow is I've been talking about producing video content since 2011. In 2020, if you're not doing video content, it is quite literally your own fault. Like you, you have not not heard this before. This, this you know, there's no, oh, I don't like the camera. Oh, I don't look good on video. Those are, those are excuses, not reasons. Um, I just, I literally have no remorse for people who don't have an online presence but refuse to do video content today because it's so easy. Your cell phone camera has a probably somewhere between an 11 and 15 megapixel camera on it. Like, it's all right here. It doesn't have to be great. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. I could crush some video content for commercial clients with this thing. I got a nice little backdrop here. I got my lighting set up. You know, if I were doing this right, I'd have my light over here on. Bang. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, you know, whatever you're going to say. I, I told you I just signed up. I just got a brand new mortgage referral partner who's going to probably send me somewhere between one and six referrals a month simply by doing a sideways video from my garage during a rainstorm and posting on LinkedIn. This stuff works. Um, template the content. Have a have have a template. You don't don't recreate the reel every time. Hi, my name is this. Here's what we're talking about. <clears throat> you can you you know I like to use uh, a template where it's called the beginning hook. So what's the issue? Um, uh, loan officers. I'm going to give you uh, a simple piece of advice that will make you look like a rock star in front of your uh, new loan clients. Boom. That's the beginning hook. What's the, the, the middle build is I'm giving them the information, giving them the information. The ending payoff is, and, and whack, I'm going to make it so every one of those clients who does business with you never does business with anyone ever again. That's my refinance program, okay? So that's, that's what I use. Templatize your content, be consistent, track your results, listen to your audience. Now, I'm not talking about an audience like Joe Rogan has an audience. I'm saying listen to your audience 
like any type of feedback that you get from clients, customers, people commenting, you know, how many views is something getting? Just watch those things. It doesn't have to be terribly strategic, but watch it and adjust courses you see necessary. And always, 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 always have a call to action. That call to action doesn't always have to be buy insurance from me. It could be visit our website. It could be check out our, our partner over here. It could be have a great day. It could be smash that like button. Always have a call to action. Get people who watch your content used to doing something at the end of your video so that when your call to action is give me a call to save you, you know, 15% in 15 minutes on your auto insurance, that I'm probably going to get sued for plagiarism. Sorry, April. Um, you, you, you know, they do it. That's the whole point. Get them used to the call to action. Um, okay. Let's keep rolling. Thank you letters and gifts. Say thank you to people. Please say thank you to people. If the world needs anything today, it needs more people saying thank you to each other. Say thank you. If someone does something nice, say thank you. Right here off my right, well, again, you're not watching me, but right off my right shoulder is thank you cards, a pen, stamps, business cards, and note cards. So I can pop open, pop open a note, hey, thanks for this, it means the world to me that you would do this, blah, 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 blah. Throw my business card in there, close it up, throw, the, throw it in a, an envelope, uh, put a business card in. Sometimes I don't put a business card in because I don't want it to seem like, I don't know, there's like an implication, there's something implied by popping my business card in. So I don't always like to do that. Sometimes I just don't put it in. It's just a straight thank you. And then I, I have one right here. Boom. Thank you card. And I try to do at least one thank you card a day. Gifts are also awesome. Um, I just sent a, a, a one of my referral partners on the mortgage side um, a pretty nice gift. It cost me about 75 bucks. Um, and I did that because he didn't, it wasn't just because he sent me referrals. There's no like holiday. I didn't tell him I was doing it. Um, I just really appreciate him. Like when I call him, we have real conversations. Most of the time we don't even talk about what's going on between our two businesses. It's like, Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Or, Oh, this local politicians is trying to raise our taxes again. Um, you know, whatever. And, and, and it's just, I just appreciate him. I just appreciate the relationship that I have with him. So I sent him something nice that I think he'll like. I don't care if he likes it. I, you know, the point isn't, like, is this the most mind-blowing thing that he's ever seen before? The point was, it doesn't have my logo on it. It's not some, hey, wear my shirt around town so people see that, some nonsensical thing like that. It's, it's Giftology, which is another book that you should absolutely read, Giftology. Um, it's the idea that I am literally giving him this for no other reason than I have appreciation for our relationship. And it's not self-serving in any way. I just want him to have something nice that he can appreciate. It actually has his name on it. So gifts, thank you. If you can do one a day, one thank you card a day, just one thank you card a day. Google reviews, shout outs on social, stop by their office and just say hi, bring them something. Uh, depends on where you are in the country, whether that's even legal or not. But, um, you know, do what you can. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Be appreciative, right? Because don't you love when people say thank you to you? I do. So um, that's another great one. That's another great one. Because what happens is then people talk about you. Oh, you know, this, this dude down here, he's not such a bad guy. You know, most insurance agents are kind of weird, but he seems like he's all right. And that's all I'm really looking for. So uh, last but not least in this presentation, before we get to Q&A, and I hope you guys have some good questions because I love Q&A, <clears throat> is uh, video proposals. 
use video proposals. Just just do it. They work. <laughs> they work. They just work. I use Neoteric Agent, um, Grant Botma's tool. Um, if you looked at Neoteric Agent before, it used to be terrible. It's awesome now. It, he completely tore the platform down and rebuilt it. Again, I have no financial interest in any way other than I use the tool. I think Neoteric Agent, other than having, I don't, the name is not my favorite. It's awesome. It allows me to create these but, uh, little web pages that um, people can log into with just their email, which makes it super easy. They're like basically good, better, best proposals. Uh, I can show them savings versus their old program. I can upload so that they can download the like company proposals. And then I always do like a video, like a Loom video that gets embedded. So it's like Loom video on top, really nice looking, good, better, best scenario. If that's what you're looking for, proposal with downloadable company um, company proposals at the bottom, which I always like to include because I think it adds a level of authenticity. And um, and then you just email it to them. And, and what happens is I will watch people go back to them because every time they open it, I see it. I'll watch people go back to them two, three, four, five times. If someone's checking out your proposal five times, you are going to write that business. Like, they're interested. And um, and, it, and then it doesn't mean you shouldn't follow up with a call. Uh, Neoteric, N-E-O-T-E-R-I-C, Neoteric, uh, Neoteric Agent. I don't actually know how to spell it. I have it in my thing here. Um, hold on. I can find it for you. N-E-O-T-E-R-I-C, neotericagent.com. Is, is, there's others. There's Formstack. It's not the only one. There's plenty. I'm just telling you what I use. Um, and they all kind of do the same thing. But I like it. Plus, it's cheap. It's pretty fun bucks a month. Um, but I will tell you, if you use video proposals, you follow up with a phone call, you follow up with an email, you follow up with a text, whatever your preferred method is, people love this stuff. They love it in commercial. I haven't done, of all this talk and all these talking heads, Zoom this, Zoom that, Zoom this, Zoom calls that, Zoom sales this. I haven't sold one policy on Zoom. I haven't sold one. You know why? Because I use video proposals. You know what I hate doing? Selling on Zoom. You know what I love doing? Selling in person. You know what, the, what a much better option for me is than selling on Zoom? Video proposals followed by a phone call or video proposal followed by an in-person meeting. Killing the game. That, that's, 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 that's how I do it. I get all the information. Now, if it's a huge account and there's, there, you know, it's going to take me more than three to five minutes to break down the macro level of the coverage, then, you know, again, what I'm trying to do with the video proposal is give them the macro perspective, then get them on the phone or in person to break down the micro perspective and sell the business. That's my goal. With personal lines, it's different. With personal lines, I want that video proposal to sell. With commercial lines, it's more like, Here's the high level. Look how amazing this thing is. I'm trying to whet their appetite, show them how different I am, how much I care, personalize a little bit, and then get them on the phone or in person to close the deal. That's what I'm trying to do with video proposals. So um, pick your tool, use it. I promise you, video proposals are gangster. You will you it, work it into your flow. If your people bucket it, just you know, start using decaf coffee for a while and just mess with them. Um, okay, let's see what kind of questions we have here. All right. Scripts, I think I hit a lot of these already. That's it. Video proposal name, John, great question. Thanks. So uh, if you guys have any questions, pop them in the Q&A right now. I think we're bucking up against the time. We may even be a little over. Um, if we are, I apologize for that. Um, but 
I just want to say thank you for coming on. I think Commercial Lines is Greenfield. Um, you know, one amazing tool. Uh, uh, so so uh, Zywave just came out with their CPQX or CPX or whatever um, comparative rating software, which is which is making small commercial profitable. Tarka is another incredible tool for the same thing. Um, you know, obviously you got to pick your ecosystems, right? So it, it, there's a million tools. You pick the one that works for you. Um, comparative rating small commercial tools are 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 how small commercial is going to become profitable. You cannot be profitable in small, small commercial going into Liberty and then Travelers and then Hartford and then you just can't do that. It's absolutely impossible. We all know that. That's why we all take so much time to get back to people. But these comparative rating, these commercial comparative rating softwares um, are super dynamic and they are changing the game. And uh, and, and and like I said, I, I, I've looked at Zywaves. Um, I think that's going to be a great tool. I use Tarmica just because I was into it beforehand and uh, I've gotten used to it. So I think you can't go wrong with either one of those. Um, I think that, but there's a bunch out there. Uh, I think you need to be a little careful because some of them are kind of janky. But um, but yeah. So guys, thank you, thank you, Zywave, thank you, April, for having me on. I appreciate all of you. Check out the podcast RyanHanley.com. You'll find a podcast there. Really appreciate you listening. The last. You know, basically every episode will blow your mind, but the last few have 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 seeming have seemed to be very well received. or about prospecting and stuff, and um, just wish you guys nothing but the best and crush Q4. Thank you. Great, thank you, Ryan. Uh, we do have um, two quick questions for you that came in through the chat. Actually, yeah. Um, one of them is related to cold calls. So, what can someone do if most of their cold calls either end, you know, end up in voicemails and don't have any returns, or end up with someone who's very irritated? How do you get past that? Yeah. So, if the person's so, there's a couple ways that you can handle that. And again, I don't want to pretend that I am the cold call master, but I I do leave voicemails, super short. Hey, my name is Ryan. Uh, I'm I'm with Rogue Risk. I have a workers' comp program. I want to introduce you to it. That's why I'm calling. I'm going to call back in the next couple of days, just so they know. If they keep ducking you, which they probably will, that's okay. But again, every prospect is not the perfect prospect. Um, you have to refine that voicemail. There's a bunch of ways that you can do it. Um, you can be right on the nose. You can try to leave cliffhangers. Um, but that that you just have to test. I don't like the not leaving a voicemail because when has someone called, when have you gotten a call on your cell phone from a number that you didn't recognize that didn't leave a voicemail that you called back or did anything with? And the next time you see it, you just think it's spam, right? At least if you leave a voicemail, the person knows why you're calling. And, um, you know, I think there's different opinions on whether that's good or not. If someone's upset or, or gives you crap, you have two uh, options. One is uh, you could apologize. I I uh, I don't like to apologize because um, one, uh, according to my wife, I have a large ego. Two, um, she's probably right. Uh, but two, uh, I also don't think we're doing anything wrong by reaching out to somebody, especially if you believe yourself to be a value provider. So I think it's okay to say I regret that you're upset. I didn't mean to upset you because um, that is regrettable. That would be the language that I would use. I would also say um, to them, and, and I have tried this to varying degrees of, of success, so use this at your own discretion. I have said before, um, if, if you know, I, one person, you know, said to me, like, what? 
you know, why are you calling me or whatever? You know, the, you know, they were giving me they said they were giving me a hard time or a little upset. And I just said, uh, I can't remember what the guy's name is, so I'll just call him John. Uh, I said, John, if you were me and and you believed that you that that you could help a business, how would you reach out? Like I'm reaching out to you. And I didn't say this second part, but that's what I, that was the question I asked. How, how would you reach out? I was trying to put it on him to say, if you thought you could help my business, wouldn't you call me? And, and, and he thought about that for a second. And I think he knew that I boxed him in and he just kind of said, well, I don't have time for this now. And I just said, that's fine. Have a nice day. And I let him go. But, but that's kind of, I kind of put it back on him to say, and, and, and I guess what I was hoping for was constructive advice to a certain extent. Like I wanted to put him in a position of power because I think sometimes people feel powerless. You're calling them, you're interrupting their day. They feel powerless. They didn't ask for the cold call. Um, and, I, and, and we can all understand that. So I was trying to give him the power back by saying, if you were me and, and you felt like you could add value to, to, to my business, the roles were reversed. How would you get in touch with me? How would you make that connection? And and what I was hoping for was he would say, oh well, I see I see where you're coming from. That that's not what happened. But um, that would be one approach. Uh, the other approach would be you could just curse at him over the phone and hang up real loud. I don't know. I think you just have to test a bunch of varieties and see what works. Great, thank you. Uh, looks like we've got um, one last question that came in through the chat. Um, so where do you mainly post your video content? On social media, or do you also include that in any emails that are direct to clients? So it all depends on the purpose of the video. Um, I post most of the videos ultimately get posted on LinkedIn. But depending on the nature of it, I'll post it. Some I'll post just a YouTube video on on social. I'll share that. Some of them I will post natively, so I will just directly, so it'll, it'll live on YouTube. But then in addition to that, like on LinkedIn, I'll just upload it directly. So the LinkedIn, you can watch right there without going to YouTube. And then other video I will embed into my website. And if you go to Rogue Risk, go to, go to commercial, and then go down to like say uh, uh, insurance by coverage, Landlord, you'll see I have a bunch of stuff. I've been building out the real estate and property side. But basically what I have is this templated style for these posts, headline, subhead, little bit of text, embedded video, Q&A, call to action, then supporting, da, da, da. You'll just see I've just templated it. I literally just do the same thing every time because what very few people are going to do is go to your site and thumb through it like an encyclopedia. What they're going to do is go to the page that answers the question that they ha that they have, and then hopefully they're going to call you or not. Um, so it doesn't matter that all the pages look the same. And, and, and in truth, there's a lot of um, there are a lot of uh, studies that show that a consistent design is actually helps the user experience. So you don't like every page doesn't have to be different or unique. Um, the text does if you're trying to rank for SEO, but the setup. Can, should be very similar. You want people to be able to easily scroll your site. So, so that all being said, it all depends on what you're doing. For the for the mortgage, hey, I'm going to give you this thing that helps you. That I just directly uploaded to social. Um, I have a video I did. I mean, I have like almost a hundred videos on YouTube. I answer questions a lot. So, 
what is this? How does this work? What's the best way to do this? What are the five best workers' comp companies in New York or whatever? Um, those videos I post to YouTube, I'll share those. So it, it really just depends on what your goal is for the video. Uh, Ashley, yes, you can email me directly. Um, you can email me at ryan at ryanhanley.com. Uh, you see it right there. If you email me, Ryan, first name, at ryanhanley.com, email me any questions you have, and uh, happy, to, happy to chat with anybody. Um, I think on the last slide, I actually put, yeah, here's my contact information. I actually put my rogue risk email in here. If you email the rogue risk email, which you can absolutely do, I just may take longer to get back to you because that's like my work email and I tend to filter it for work-related stuff. If you email me at ryanhanley.com, then at night or on the weekends or whatever, when I'm looking at that, I'll, I'll absolutely get back to you. Um, I put my cell phone on here. Please don't call me, but you can absolutely text me. Um, and then we can set up a call. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean that in good nature, but please don't call me. But absolutely text me, and then we can set up a call. Happy to do that if you prefer text. And then the podcast is at ryanhanley.com. Let's see. Do you know something outside of Zoom, Seamless AI, reference unit, to get cell phone numbers? Um, cell phone numbers are really tough. Um, cell phone numbers are tough. It depends if someone – like LinkedIn, sometimes people will put their cell phone number into LinkedIn. Um you can go out into the shady part of the web and buy cell phone numbers. You can sometimes get cell phone numbers from Fiverr, but that's also going to be super shady. You just have to – it all depends on how far you want to step into that really shady gray zone with cell phones because of the do not call and do not text and TPCA and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I would be careful with that. If you don't care so much about that, I would go into the dark web or Fiverr or whatever and – just buy as many cell phone numbers as you can and blast the heck out of them, and hopefully someone responds. Um, that's how I would do that. And if you're interested to see any more webinar content, you can visit us at zywave.com forward slash webinar to view any upcoming and on-demand Zywave webinars. Thank you, and have a good rest of your day, everyone. Yes.
few drinks and smoke a joint bubbles? Yes.